One, two, three. Welcome to the Smartest Amazon Seller Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Needham, a longtime Amazon seller. Uh, I have the scars to prove it. So, um, and uh, the purpose of this podcast for those that are brand new is to really just help you uh, be the smartest Amazon seller in the room and to know all the tricks of the trade. And that covers many, many subjects. And for over a year, I've been wanting to get someone to talk uh, about accounting, to talk about taxes, someone that like specifically uh, like US, uh, you know, keeping your books clean. And I actually haven't found anyone. No one has put together like uh, uh, a presence where I was like, yes, this is it. But when I uh, went to Prosper, I came across uh, the guest that I have with me today, uh, the founder of Zendu, and um, they have a really good website. Like it's clean, a lot of questions answered um, and, and helpful, to be honest. So um, I have with me on Lil Roberts, uh, founder of Zendu. Uh, Lil, welcome. Thank you so much, Scott. Honored to be here with you today. You've got an amazing reputation across the e-com world. And, you know, people are like, oh, if you can chat with Scott, you know, you, you want to chat with Scott. He's the guy. You know? I'm, I'm working on that. You know, it, it's, it's, a, it's a process. But um, it's, you know what? I tell people, like, if I just did this podcast just for my own education, it would be worth it. Because, you know, how I, I, every week I get to spend uh, time with someone in a very specific field and jump in to what they talk about and what they know. And I can incorporate that into my own businesses. And I actually have a question on that I'm going to ask you that it like was literally like uh, this morning uh, became an issue. So, but everyone that listens to this podcast, they're generally e-commerce sellers, specifically Amazon aligned, and um, they really want to grow their business. And I'm going to be honest, sometimes dealing with uh, taxes and finances feels like defensive work. You're not growing your business. Um, but like anyone that's really smart and experienced, they know that good, good finances can be used to like offensively to like, you know, you can use that to like really uh, scale and grow. Say you're ever talking to a bank. Well, trust me, they're going to want uh, clean numbers. Um, so say someone's just starting out, they get to their first hundred thousand dollars in sales. Like what should they be considering as they venture onto adding on another zero onto, uh, their, their sales? Yeah. Great question. So if I may, let me just real quick, give some high level, uh, context to, to myself and the company. So I'm not a CPA or an accountant. I am one of you guys in the sense that we're all entrepreneurs, right? And this was, I was, my background was uh, systems integration, manufacturing, product businesses. And I always wondered, you know, the CPA industry wasn't helpful. They didn't give you your financials on time. Um, the more you made, the more they charged you. And, and, and typically the industry is like, oh, you should be happy to pay all that much in tax. And I'm like, something's wrong here. And there should be technology applied to this industry. And there was a huge disconnect on the e-com side because a lot of traditional accountants don't understand all the ins and outs of the integrations like A2X and dealing with how things work and the flow of money because it's a completely different business. And, and so that's why we're doing what we're doing here. I have an amazing team of accountants and CPAs, and they all love small business as much as I do, small and, business owners. And let me catch everyone up on um, A2X. Like, I'm glad you hit that. 
So HOX is a, you know, it integrates with Amazon, brings in the, the sales data into either QuickBooks and Zero. Like it's it's kind of like Amazon tool for accountants. And I jumped in, I probably signed up for A2X like two or three times myself, just because I kind of want to learn it, really to be more prepared for this podcast. Um, and I still can't kind of figure out how to use it. I'm just not financially savvy enough. So um, how, you know, how do you help someone that like, you know, say they want to use A2X, uh, what, yep. what, I mean, yeah, you totally. know, anyone can connect a seller account. But how do you start to like operate that and interpret that those numbers? Yep. And I want to do two things. I also want to answer your question on 100,000, but let me first answer A2X. So the deal with A2X is that um, it, A2X is going to give you the, the granular detail of, you know, what are your refunds? It's going to create an invoice in Zero. Zero is really the best platform for e-com. We wrap around both Zero and QBO when we work in both. Those are tools. And, you know, just like a hammer, unless you know how to use the tool, you know, things can go wrong, right? Or a saw. Um, and so you don't really want to use the tool of zero or QBO yourself because your time should be spent growing your business and working on your business and finding the best products to, to grow your, your business. So A2X is an in-between middleware between Amazon and zero. So it's like a pathway that connects and gives you granular detail, Right. And so, so if you think about it, if you don't use A2X, you're just on the highway. And if you use A2X, you've got lanes on the highway, okay? But you know, if you're the only car on the highway or there's only a few cars on the highway, you don't need all those lanes. And because you can start to pay a lot of money to A2X. So, so that leads me into your question of, you know, you're doing 100,000, what should you be thinking about in your business? So. A lot of people start a business, it's a hobby, right? At first, you know, you're just, you're spending up a side hustle and, and you're like, hey, let me see if this works. Now, all of a sudden, your side hustle grows into this, you know, business that's starting to live and breathe and it's becoming like a teenager, right? And then it gets yeah. bigger and it's like a high schooler and then it gets bigger and it's off to college. And so, and then what before you, you know do, it, and before you know it, you're paying a tax bill that you don't understand. Yeah, 100%. 100%. So, so what you want to do is, you definitely need to make sure that you maximize your tax savings. So if you're selling $100,000 on Amazon, chances are you're, you know, you're, you're still really kind of at the hobby stage to where you're making eight to 10 grand, right? It's great extra money. You're a W-2 somewhere else and, or, you know, you have some other business that you have. And you're pulling your revenue, or you're in college and you're just starting out, and the eight to ten grand is great drink a month. So, um, so at a hundred thousand dollars, you should definitely be thinking, and really even at fifty thousand, you should definitely be thinking, I need to separate my expenses. I need to have a business bank account, and I need to have a business credit card. So what we see happen, Scott, is we see early resellers come to us, and they're commingling their funds. So they're like using a personal credit card to buy the product and, and they're using their regular bank account for the money to go in. And so that becomes more costly to them to kind of untangle that to be able to maximize the, the, the tax write-off. You need to kind of keep it silent. So from day one, open up a business name, right? So with your state, so it's like about 150 bucks. In the early days, 
you can open it as an LLC, a single member LLC, because that keeps one tax return. So when you file your tax return, it's a 1040 with a Schedule C. So instead of going to an accountant or a CPA and paying for two returns, when you don't even really have that level of business, you're paying one return. Now, here's what happens. You get past making 30 grand in profit. Typically, it's going to be about the 250 to 300,000 range, right? Depending on the products. If you're in beauty, it's earlier, right? Um, and so when you start to get past making 30 grand in bottom line, after all your expenses and everything, 30 grand, either you paid yourself or it hits the bottom line as profit, then you need to have an S election because now that's where you write everything off. Like that's where you don't pay double on tax. You don't have to pay. Like right now on an LLC, if you're making more than, than say, say you're making $100,000, we see this a lot with e-com, right? They'll come in, they started out, you know, they did 100 grand the first year. Next year they did $400,000 top line, right? So they made 100 in the bottom line. Next year they make a million, right? It scales even faster than that sometimes. What happens is, let's use easy round numbers. If you made $100,000 in profit and you're still a single member LLC filing a 1040 with a Schedule C, right? One return, you're going to pay matching Social Security on that whole $100,000. So you pay 0.0765 for your contribution when you work for somebody in Social Security, and the employer pays that. When you are your own employer, right, as a single member LLC, 15.2% is going to Social Security and Medicare. That's 15,200. But if you filed the S election, right, and we'll give you a definitive line in the sand, you filed the S election, you say, oh, I'm only paying myself 40 grand. I'm an admin because I'm an econ business. Everything's jobbed out. 40 grand is a reasonable salary. And on the other $60,000, you don't pay any Social Security. It's just treated as profit. And now you just pay regular income tax. Okay. So for your listeners, there's two pieces, Social Security, federal income tax. Interesting. And then that, so save a lot of money. Yeah, that happens at the, the, the S election, which is um, how do you do that? Once you're in more than 30 grand of the profit, like, so, so whatever you're, you know, take a look at your business. What is your top line number? Do you, are you making 10% profit? Are you making 15% profit after you pay Amazon FBA? And we should talk about like what's cash flow and what's profit because a lot of people get confused in that. Yes. Yes. So, um, I mean, I've got a, a few other very specific questions on that as we graduate this person that starts at a hundred thousand in revenue. Cash flow is more of like what you know you're buying for inventory and like it's, it's 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 what you need to work and keep the business going. It's not what you're taking home, right? So so the deal is is that if you think about it, if you have a faucet, you turn the faucet on and the water's running. That you need that cash flow. You need the water to run, right? But what ends up in the bucket at the end of it is is your profit, right? So yes. you know, or look at it like a car, right? You know. You need you need the the oil and the gas to run through for the cylinders to pump. Your cash flow needs to run through your engine. And and here's the saddest thing, Scott. And this is one of the reasons why I love what we're doing with Zendit, is that 
92% of all business owners run their business from their bank account. That's according to U.S. Bank. So 92% of small business owners, less than 20 employees, they wake up in the morning, they look at their phone for their bank balance, and they go, yep, I can live another day. I can pay my rent. I can pay my people. I can buy product. They go out of business because they ran out of money, cash flow. They didn't realize they were almost to the top of the mountain, and they, and they had profit. They were profitable. They ran out of cash flow. Why'd they run out of cash flow? China called them and said, hey, we got this great deal on this product. You want to buy it? Or they didn't manage their inventory in the cycles. Or, or the person's mindset is, you know what? It, I paid top dollar for that inventory. Some It'll come back again and somebody will buy it. No, liquidate it. Liquidate it at 10 cents on the dollar, 20 cents on the dollar. If you got a bad skew, get rid of it. Because you're 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 locking up your cash flow. <laughs> I yeah I I actually in a similar way uh, when you have really stale old inventory I say like that inventory is working against you. Um, it is costing you money, not just the fees, but in opportunity. Um, so all right. Um, now another thing that you know there's a few other like I guess financial tools or. or uh, things that people would want to have uh, just to be able to like understand their business. Uh, I actually kind of consider uh, good uh, finance records to be, you know, it's akin to uh, implementing technology into your business because you know things and then things happen faster in a very systematic way. Um, but uh, let's say, you know, we're taking that story of a hundred thousand uh, dollar seller they graduate to selling about a million on Amazon and they want to build out a PL. and uh, uh, That's profit and loss statement of what they're doing every month. Um, what do they need to do to build that out? They need to go on zendu.com and <laughs> hire us. <laughs> right? They need to hire somebody. Well, then, then what type of information are they collecting to tell you? You know, like what, yeah, is, what so are the... Yeah, I'll tell you how we work, right? So we do a view only to the bank and credit card. So another big mistake that I see um, or misconception, people will open up a lot of bank accounts. You don't need a lot of bank accounts. You need maybe two business bank accounts and one to two credit cards, and that's it. We'll see sometimes people come 13 credit cards, 13 bank accounts. It's crazy, right? You don't need all that. One, you're going to get bank fees and you're going to be spending extra money and extra time keeping things organized. So use a good bank. Use one of the main banks, right? Like use Chase Wells, uh, whether you use us or anybody else. Use one of the main commercial banks because that's where you're going to get your connectivity. You, Everybody on your podcast lives a digital world. Um, their business is digital. And so they want to have the, the integrations and connectivity. So say you sign up for us. We wrap around zero and PBO. More likely, we're going to put you in zero. We're going to connect zero through view-only access, meaning we can't touch your money, but all your transactions are going to flow through your bank account and into zero. And then a trained, college-educated person in the accounting space is going to maximize coding all your transactions to reconcile them, right? We're not going to pay your bills. We're not going to chase money, but e-com doesn't have receivables. Then at the end of the month, so Bookkeeping hand happens in 12, it's a monthly situation. So it's 12 events a year. So we're going to 
published profit and loss statement and a balance sheet. So if you have inventory and you want to track inventory, and I don't recommend tracking inventory to your five million in size. Uh, five million in revenue in size. Five million in revenue. But when I say track inventory, I don't recommend tracking inventory on your balance sheet. I recommend you track inventory for your business. But what there's a separate thing, so I'll explain. You're so so now we're going to deliver to you a profit and loss statement. A profit and loss statement is what you take to the bank to get a to get a loan. Um, it's what tells you it's your scorecard of how your month looked, right? Did I make any money? Did anything fall to the bottom line? Where's my where's the health of my business? How much did I spend in Amazon FBA? We're going to categorize that for you, so you're going to see those bills. How much did I spend buying product? You're going to see all that. Then on your balance sheet, that's how much money you have in the bank, which is your liquidity. And if you're tracking inventory, we're going to put that number on. Now, if you're tracking inventory, um, say through uh, uh, TradeGecko or some of those apps, then you're going to be able to give us a specific number. And when you give us that number, we're going to put that number and it's going to be called modified approval. We're going to put that number on your balance sheet. And that's going to give you more information. But when okay. you file your federal tax return, which is one time a year. So monthly bookkeeping is different than the annual filing of your federal tax return. Because what happens is on your monthly bookkeeping, all the amounts are categorized in one way. And then when you file the tax return, it rolls all up. Expenses, profit, and pretty much that's it. One number for expense, one number for profit. So, I mean, just to like hit home with some of these things, I see bad finances regularly. <laughs> I mean, it's just this morning I was on a call, I was like, we didn't do that right. And the headaches that it causes is down the road. Um, because when you know how much your, your, your business uh, is doing, you know, you can start to think of way more clearly about um, what additional risk you can take on, you know, should you launch new products or whatever. And if you don't know, um, you know, your finances, then like you're, you're really going to make in, you know, uh, you're going to make poor decisions. And I've seen one of my businesses start to lose money and it took a year for us to realize and uh, it's painful. And that's why like, I'm like, okay, over invest in, in this. And um, so uh, I, I love it. I mean, everything that you're, you're, you're sharing. Um, let's see. How long does it take to kind of do, uh, build this out in general? Like, how, how, uh, say, you know, you get to a million dollar in sales. Like, is this like a, a, a three hour month endeavor? Uh, 10, like, if you're trying to maybe do this yourself or versus hiring someone else, how long would it yeah. take you guys to build it out? Yeah. So, so here's what happens when you try to do it yourself, you're not going to have accurate books because you're not going to, we see when people will, transfer over, they've been doing it themselves and they'll send it over to us, invite us into the, in their chart of accounts that they have. They have these categories like, um, I don't have an effing clue, ask the accountant, somebody please help me. And we, these are actually like, they, <laughs> that they type. They code, in. they code. They code it to that. Like, yeah. you know, and so, so here's what happens. You leave the money on the table that, that you could have used, you know, like say you have a ton of profit happening in your business. 
at before the end of the year and you go to pay Uncle Sam because that's an annual event, um, you could have reinvested it in your business and used it as a tax write-off. And now you're investing in your business instead of giving you know the government 50 grand, now maybe you're only giving them 20 grand and the other 30 grand invested in your business and was a tax write-off. So you're effectively using their money. So to answer your question of how much time, if you're doing it yourself, probably you're going to spend you know, 10 hours a month. You're not going to get CPA advice. Maybe you can get it done in five hours a month, but you could also double plate. Like what we, a common mistake that we see, PayPal is a very tricky integration and eight to your point about A2X, very tricky integration. You do it wrong. You double your sales. And, and now you don't even have a clue. Is that really your sales or not your sales? And, and it becomes a major mess. And, and then now imagine you're, you totally are flying blind. You think, oh my God, I have all these sales happening. I better order more product. No, you don't. And then now you're out of cash flow. So how long does it take to get us started? You sign up on our site, it takes five minutes. You schedule an onboarding call, which will take 45 minutes to an hour to connect, depending on how many bank accounts you have. Then your accountant inside our company is working on your account. They work on it weekly. If you have ketchup service, need ketchup past months done, we do that a lot. That takes two to four weeks if you're behind a year or two years. Um, and then, yes, you have to be a, a willing participant with us. We're not going to bother you much. But when we do reach out and say, hey, we need to understand what's this, this, and this, you know, and we'll reach out based on your choice of phone call, text message, or email. And, and then we just need you to reply to us. And if you do that in a timely manner, we publish by the fifth business day of the following month, we publish 65% of the P&Ls. So now you right away are having a look at how you did. And then if you see something that, hey, maybe is off, because as you say, accounting is not perfect, right? And we need the communication. We go ahead and we modify it. But you're keeping up with it all year long, Scott. And what that yeah. does for you is at the end of the year, when it comes time to do your taxes that are due by April, March or April, depending on selection LLC, everything's in order and you're done. And you put last year behind you. Yeah. I would, you know, how many, how many listeners right now haven't filed, have filed a, uh, an extension and haven't filed their taxes and don't even know where to begin to put all their stuff together. I'm raising my hand. We're, we're, I'm, I'm on extension right now. We will help you if you'd like to do your tax return. Yeah. Um, and I've talked with bakers. I've talked with, uh, you know, accounting firms and, um, there's something to be said about like someone that understands e-commerce and you know, specializes in it. That's part of the reason I, has, uh, I hesitated to put together this uh, podcast episode because I just wanted to make sure that like, you know, that I, I'm getting a very, you know, e-commerce centric focus, an Amazon focus. So I'm going to hit you with a question. Um, my private label does uh, 3 million a year. Nice. And um, how, like, what would I, what would you guys need to, like, say you, I, I showed up and I had nothing. I mean, we don't have nothing, but uh, if I had nothing, um, what type of information would I need to be giving you? There's, uh, um, you know, wholesale, I mean, wholesale costs, we have our shipping expenses and then uh, maybe some other things, but. How, how, if, say, if I'm preparing to talk to you, what do I need? Just what you're saying to me right now. So, so here's the deal. Your private label is doing three mil. 
Um, we're going to pick everything up through the bank account. How many bank accounts do you have? Um, we have one Wells Fargo. How many credit cards? That's a good question. How are you paying for your product? Are you, are you buying your product through, are you, is your product in China? Yeah, yeah. We, we pay our supplier in bulk. Uh, I think, okay. so we, we have a, a sourcer and she kind of like takes all of our factories and then we just pay her. Okay, so you're paying her through TransferWise, Beam, OFX. What, how are you paying? That's a good question. Um, I think it's just a wire. Okay, perfect. So what's going to happen is we're, we're going to understand. So, so your your bank account tells the tale, and we're going to so we're going to take all your bank transactions, and they're going to flow into the software through into Zero or QBL, right? And yeah. we're going to see. So the bank feeds now they put like uh, they put information in there. So we're going to find out on the onboarding call who's your sourcer, right? And how you're doing, how you're sending what I just asked you right now, how you're sending uh, the money. And so we're going to know that all of those charges are product. So that's all going to get charged to product. And then we're going to ask you, what's all your revenue streams? Do you have microsites? Are you just Amazon only? Are you Amazon, Walmart, Target, um, you know, eBay? And then we're going to find out all those. And then we're going to find out what's the revenue sources to how those are coming. And then we're going to find out, do you have employees that you're running through Gusto? Or do you have subcontractors? And then if you have subs, then we're going to say, okay, how are you paying them? Are you wiring them, Venmoing them? What are you doing there? And then we're going to find out their names, right? We're going to see those transactions. And sometimes their names are in the bank uh, transaction. And so we're going to set that up because if you have subs, you got to do 1099s. And then so um, and 1099s aren't included in our package, but they would be extra if you wanted us to file them. But we want to categorize those in the software. And so we're going to really take the spaghetti ball from your uh, bank account and we're going to take the spaghetti ball from your credit card. And with us asking you questions, we're going to, we're going to separate everything, right? And get it all. And then, then we may have, I don't know, do you write checks? No. All right. Checks is where it gets bad, tough, because then you got to remember who to write the check for and what, what it's for. But then, then, we're going to take that. We're going to take the transactions that we're not sure of and that we can't figure out what it is, right? Like we're going to ask you, do you have a car payment? Are you running your car payment through your, the company? And and then we're, we're going to pick that up and know it goes to auto, right? And and then we're going to detangle everything. And we're going to be left with a bucket that could be small or could be big. And then we're going to send you a Google sheet if you'd like. And you can easily just put what it belongs to. And then we'll take it back and put it into the complicated accounting code like a chart of accounts number. And then we deliver you a beautiful profit and loss statement that, um, that you go, oh, great, look, I'm making money. <laughs> no, they are really nice. I'm going to be honest. Like when you got one that you can believe in, you're like, okay, this is very clear. I, I know what's going on. Um, now let me throw a wrench at you. Uh, so I've grown businesses from other businesses and then splintered off once it kind of like made sense. But if you start to do, you know, taxes, uh, Will's laughing at me right now. Um, it starts to get a little bit tricky because, you know, uh, payroll on different entities. Okay. Say I've already made this mistake. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So let me share with you what happens. 
So number one, any money that you're investing into the other business is really a distribution to you. So you have basis in your next business. All right. So when you go to sell your business, so like this uh, private label business, when you go to sell this business, you're going to have, have a huge tax bill. What you want is all that early money. Maybe you know you you funded the business in the beginning and put capital in, and so that is, or all the money that you have paid taxes on, it's called retained earnings. So even though you made a million bucks and you paid taxes on the million bucks, say you paid three hundred grand, right? Yeah. That three hundred grand goes on your balance sheet under retained earnings because you already paid once. Now you're using that three hundred thousand. You're using that money as cash flow in the business, right? Your profits are cash flow in the business, but you've already paid three hundred thousand dollars in taxes. So say you sell your business for ten million, and you're going to owe taxes of three million bucks, and you have on your retained earnings two million dollars that you paid into the government and retained earnings like taxes, that comes off your $3 million bill. Now you only pay a million. But if you don't have those retained earnings, you're screwed, right? So when you're going to start another business, we need to, we need to show probably what you're doing is transferring money out and, and it's not getting categorized properly. You know, we can fix it. I, I've never understood retained earnings until now. <laughs> I get it. I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah. Because, um, you know, we've paid plenty of taxes in years prior. And, uh, but now I see how that affects if we were to sell the business at a price and like, you're like, well, we've already paid on this much. So, boom. So, what happens, you know, to, to your point, because the last business I sold, which was manufacturing, um, I had a little over a million in retained earnings that helped my tax bill right away. And, and so what happens is sometimes people will, will almost, they just like take the business down to zero every year. They go, oh, I want all the money out of my business. And, and that's not necessarily the best way to go because your business has to, has to run on, uh, it needs fuel and, and cash is your fuel, it's your oxygen. And if you want to grow your business fast, you have to decide, you know, what kind of business do you want? Do you want a multi-generational business? Do you want a lifestyle business? Or do you want a business you're going to exit? And to me, if you're in e-com today, you want a business you can exit with all these aggregators. I hear you. Yeah. I sold a business, bought a business, and trying to sell another one right now. And um, it's, ama- it. it's amazing how um, finances are pretty much the most important part of like when you're, when you're changing hands and getting that stuff clean. Uh, how, how crucial it is. Um, and don't you feel like it's a black box? Like it almost feels like, you know, when you go car shopping and they don't really tell you what the price of the car is, like you have no transparency. It, it's almost like when you're doing a transaction of selling a business, depending on who you're selling to and how they're trying to categorize your deal, they're trying to maximize their tax savings on when they, when they buy the business, they want their basis to be a certain level and they want to take it from you. And you'll pay more taxes. Most business owners don't even realize that. Huh. Cool. Um, I yeah, I do enjoy learning more about this. I don't enjoy jumping into QuickBooks myself. It's over my head. I'm gonna be honest. Uh, I have learned how to read a little bit more of these statements, but um, man, it's 
it's it's not an easy part of e-commerce. It's not an, a, 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 a sexy part of being an entrepreneur, especially if you're bootstrapped because you started from nothing. So this is this is super helpful. And I, I know I'm going to be asking you a few questions on the side um, nice. in, in the future. And I really do think you have a very clean website uh, with some good common questions. That's why I knew it was like, okay, you know, I can actually send people to this as a resource and just be like, okay, here's a good place to start. And here's what they do for you. So uh, you don't screw things up. Um, Thank you, Scott. Thank you. And, and, and I'm happy to answer any questions for anybody. I'm happy to give my email address if you'd like on your podcast. And just as long as I understand it may not be the same day, it may be two days later or even sure, three days Yeah, later. actually. Yeah. Please uh, share how people can get a hold of you and, uh, you know, ask questions and learn a little bit more. Sure. So um, what I ask is that they put Scott Needham in the, in the subject line. <laughs> okay. So I know that they're yours. Um, from you and uh, and if they want to email me directly, it's Lil dot Roberts. So it's L I L dot R O B E R T S at Zendu X E N D O O dot com. If they don't necessarily want to email me directly and they're interested in becoming a customer, then they can either uh, live chat on our website, call, schedule a consult. There's free consult consults that they can schedule through the website, or they could email sales at a plural at zendu.com. Um, anyway, that they'd like to go, we'd love to help them answer any question they have. Um, and, and we love it. And if, if you like, we'll take two, three minutes after, and I'll show you our P&Ls uh, okay. that you can see. Um, would love that. Uh, thank you so much for, for jumping on, for sharing some of your insight and, um, but I am not super grateful for like realizing that my problems of the past could have been much easier. Uh, boy, I, I hear when it, when it comes to finance, anytime I learn something new, I'm like, oh, I wish I knew that like a few years ago. So, uh, yeah, but you know, kudos to you. You're, you're buying and building and selling businesses. And on top of all that, when you're so busy and you yeah. have an amazing software pl- platform to scout, <laughs> right. That, that, you know, on top of doing all those things, you're running this podcast for nothing other than to give back intellectual capital to yeah. fellow business owners. So I applaud you, and it's thank an you. honor to be on the podcast with you today. No, thank you, Lil. I look forward to to keeping in touch. And um, so we'll wrap up uh, this week's episode with that. Uh, thanks everyone for learning, and um, and now I'm glad I have an answer to a question when people ask me about accounting. I'm like. I'm just gonna just gonna shut, uh, send them over to Zendu and uh, not dive into the nitty gritty because uh, I really uh, it's it's not what I focus on. Okay, well, um, thank you so much, Lil, and uh, everyone, uh, stay tuned um, for next week's episode of the Smartest Amazon Solar Podcast. One, two, three. Yeah.